So we talk a lot about what to eat for prostate cancer, right? What's the right diet for prostate cancer? But we never talk about what can we drink for prostate cancer and what kind of drinks do we need to stay away from? Today on Dr. Gio's podcast, drinks and prostate cancer. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my goal to help you with your urological function and live better with age. Today, we're going to talk about what to drink for prostate cancer. Everybody always talks about, you know, the, what's the right diet for prostate cancer? What's, you know, should I eat meat? But no one talks about what should I drink? You know, what are the right drinks for prostate cancer, right? So we're going to break this down into several categories. We're going to break this down with coffee, tea, alcoholic beverages, water, juices, smoothies, and talk about are these things protective against prostate cancer? And if you already have prostate cancer, is it going to cure you? The basic thing that I want to say first is that if it helps with prevention, in other words, there are very few studies that can say, oh, you know, green tea, just drink green tea. Don't, don't worry about anything else. Just drink some green tea. It's going to cure you from prostate cancer. That's not going to happen. What can happen is if it has certain properties that create a micro environment that's hostile to cancer cells, then that may potentially avoid spreading of cancer cells and maybe even some regression. Who knows? Who knows, right? So before I go into the drinks for prostate cancer, what works, what doesn't, let me say that in order to live your best life after prostate cancer, you have to do multiple things. Don't do only one thing. So if you've already undergone surgery, great. If you've undergone radiation, no problem. If you are on hormone therapy or androgen deprivation therapy, that's fine. You must do the lifestyle work to live your best life despite the disease, okay? And you can do it. You can do it. Believe me that if you exercise daily, if you eat clean every day, if you drink the right things, which we're going to talk about in a second, if you take the right combination of nutraceutical supplements, you'll make it happen. And your quality of life will be pretty good, if not great still, despite the disease. You know, I always say prostate cancer, <laughs> prostate cancer is an opportunity, is an opportunity for you to live your best life. So go at it. Okay. Go at it with with courage, okay? Now, what to drink? If I have prostate cancer or I want to prevent prostate cancer, what should I drink, right? All right, here you go. Let's break this down. Let's start with coffee. Should I drink coffee? Coffee's bad. Remember when coffee was bad? No, I'll have decaf. I'll have decaf because decaf is better for you, right? Well, it turns out that coffee it's a good thing for prostate cancer. Yes, coffee is a good thing for prostate cancer. 
they've looked at several studies and they showed that there is about a 20 to 16% lower risk of advanced to fatal prostate cancer in those folks who drink several cups of coffee a day. Okay. I want to always be holistic, but realistic. Okay. There are some of you who are listening who just can't tolerate caffeine. You either get the jitters, you just can't metabolize it. And that's a genetic thing. Okay. Or if you're just starting out, to drink coffee, then your enzymes, your CYP enzymes are not yet developed yet to break down coffee. So you're going to get a little jitter. For some other of us, like myself, I can have coffee and it doesn't even uh, make me more alert. Uh, It doesn't amp me up. So everybody has a different tolerance for coffee. Okay. That plus, remember, sleep is important for to create this microenvironment that's hostile for prostate cancer. It's one of, one of the pillars, sleep. So you want to sleep well. So if you drink coffee, for some of you, if you drink coffee after noon, let's say, then it's going to disrupt your sleep. So you don't want to do that. The other thing with coffee is that it's a caffeinated beverage. Many of you have urinary problems, urinary urgency, urinary frequency. I had a patient last week who literally goes to the bathroom every 30 minutes. And when he's sleeping, he wakes up every two hours to go to the bathroom. I mean, that's just not not a way to live, right? So if you have urinary frequency urgency, then you, you can't drink that many cups of coffee a day. And the research suggests with caffeinated beverages that includes green tea and coffee, about two cups a day, more or less. Some people consume more than that in several studies that showed that there is a lower risk of prostate cancer. And how does coffee work? How does it help? Well, it turns out that coffee has an ability to lower insulin response. So if you remember, you might've heard me say this before, when you eat a carbohydrate, sometimes you have hyperinsulinemia. You can you just produce too much insulin. So insulin helps bring sugar to the cell so that the cell can use this sugar for energy. But sometimes because you drink so much cough, uh, so much, eat so much, eat, eat, what time is it? Maybe I need, I need a good espresso. I think I need to have an espresso. Sometimes because you eat too much sugar, then you have a, too much insulin that's produced. And that causes problems. That causes many problems, including uh, cancer. So it seems that um, coffee is able to bring down blood sugar without so much of an insulin response. If you're going to break the rules sometimes, and I always tell people, you know, there was a study that just came out that showed that ultra processed foods, when you eat it too often, it promotes dementia and cognitive decline and loss of memory. Um, which is cognitive decline, Um, also inability to make executive decisions, right? So one of the ways to sort of break the rules, if you're going to have a sugary substance, not that I am advocating for it, but I know that we all break the rules every now and then. So if you're going to have a piece of cake, make it small. You know, we know that cake is not great for you, but 
We don't want you to eat it with guilt. We don't want you to be deprived. So if you're going to have a piece of cake, have it with green tea or have it with a cup of coffee, black coffee. The only rule with coffee is that it has to be black. Don't add any sugar to it or any dairy. Oh, well, Dr. Gio, how about almond milk? Uh, Almond milk is okay, but have it black. Oh, how about soy milk? Soy milk should be okay. And I know there's some of you out there want to demonize soy, right? Soy milk may, may be fine, okay? But no dairy from cows, okay? And no sugar. Uh, how about stevia? Stevia may be fine, but just start learning how to retrain your taste buds so that you don't need sweetness. You don't need too many sweet things, okay? So retrain your taste buds. So coffee, coffee is can be good for prostate cancer, okay? Um, but if you have a hard time metabolizing it, you need to be careful. And if you're urinating too much, you also need to be careful. Okay. And you just can't live in a bathroom all day, right? Or all night. And you don't want to have coffee late at night. Now, with the whole coffee late at night thing, it's been studied that even if you think, even if you can go to sleep after a nighttime cup of coffee, the quality of sleep is not good. So I wouldn't suggest anyone to have too much coffee at night or any coffee at night. And I am guilty at times since, <laughs> you know, as a good Cuban, after a meal, sometimes you have an espresso. It's just the way it is. And I have not noticed that it interferes with my sleep. I can have it two to three hours before bedtime and I don't have a problem. Maybe you will. So just be aware that it is thought that any amount of coffee at night will interfere with sleep. It will just keep you up, and we don't want that. So coffee's good, but it depends on the circumstance and if you are able to metabolize it or not. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about green tea. Green tea has ingredients, polyphenols in it that seem to have anti-prostate cancer properties, okay? Green tea is a good thing. It has about half the amount of caffeine that coffee has, cup for cup. Um, So there is caffeine in green tea. There again, it requires several cups a day. So you wanna drink green tea liberally. Um, If you are a coffee drinker, you can mix it up, you know, a couple cups of coffee a day, a couple of cups of green tea a day. If it's a hot summer day, well, have iced green tea, okay? And you can add a little bit of organic lemonade to that green tea. So it's not quite an Arnold Palmer, right? (laughs) Because uh, Arnold Palmer is black tea with lemonade. Um, but maybe is a doctor, a Dr. Geo, uh, have a Dr. Geo. <laughs> What's a Dr. Geo? Green iced tea with a little organic lemonade that's not too high in sugar. Mix that up. Okay. But you can have green tea. Green tea is protective. It has an polyphenol called ECGC. ECGC. It stands for whatever it's the epi epigallate. I I forget. I, I always get that term wrong, so don't. <laughs> but it has EGCG. Okay, 
And EGCG seems to be a protective polyphenol for prostate cancer. So you want to drink green tea. What other teas can you drink? Look, I think that I'm being holistic, but realistic. I'm research-based, science-based, but I'm also, you know, common sense-based. Ginger, ginger tea is good. Are there studies that support that? I don't know. I haven't seen them. But ginger tea, we know that ginger has anti-prostate cancer properties, so we can assume that ginger tea is good. Ginger is one of my top five herbs. It has so many benefits. It's anti-inflammatory. So maybe through its anti-inflammatory mechanisms, it can protect against prostate cancer, okay? And this is for anyone who wants to prevent from getting it or who has it. So, and ginger is a warming herb. So in the winter, you may want to have some ginger tea. It's good for the, for the gastrointestinal. It's good for nausea. So if anybody undergoes chemo, for example, doesn't have caffeine, so you don't have to worry about the urinary component. Chamomile tea is also good, right? Chamomile tea. Again, I don't know that it's that strong. I think the, the strongest teas for prostate cancer is green tea, and I would throw ginger tea in there as well, okay? There are other teas out there, but really ginger tea and green tea is the way to go. If you have these mushroom teas, they may work. Mushroom teas, reishi mushroom, shiitake, agaricus, a turkey tail, those are all great mushrooms, all great mushrooms. A lion's mane is good. It's good more for memory, but it's very good as well. Uh, Cordyceps, very good. You want to be careful if you're on ADT because you don't want to get cordyceps in your body. But teas, very good. Green tea is probably the king here. By the way, guys, if you really enjoy this podcast, I would ask you to go to the platform that you listen to it, whether it's Spotify or Apple or YouTube, and please sign up and give me a a five-star review if you think I deserve it. If you don't think I deserve a five-star review, email us at drgeo at drgeo.com and tell us how we can improve because I really want to get this right. Look, We all have an opportunity. You all have an opportunity to live your best life with age and to not succumb to some of these urological problems. Urinary, prostate cancer, of course. Prostate cancer, you know, you've heard me say it a thousand times. There's an opportunity for you to live better, uh, live your best life, if you will. So I want to get the word out. You know, the algorithms work in a certain way that if you subscribe and if you like and give me five stars, then, you know, the, the word will get around. All right. So help us out here. Um, back, back to the show, back to the show. Okay. What else to drink? Water. Well, water is probably neutral. Um, I, I'll tell you this. A lot of you guys are eating a plant-based diet, which is fine, is good. And you're, you're drinking too much water. And the, so then you're peeing too much. Okay, so this is a bit unrelated to prostate cancer, but it it is related to quality of life. You eat a lot of vegetables, so then you eat a lot of your water because vegetables are 70 to 90 percent water, depending on what you're eating. So are fruits. And then you're drinking two liters of water a day. So then, of course, you have to pee all day. So you don't need that much water if you eat a plant based diet. Okay, water is 
great and neutral for prostate cancer. You want to stay hydrated and it's not a problem. Okay. Um, I always like to add electrolytes to water, particularly in hot summer days. Um, I think that water doesn't, it's kind of depleted in minerals and, and electrolytes, uh, sodium, potassium, chloride, magnesium, uh, and you need that. So drink water and add some good electrolytes to it, particularly when you're exercising or during a hot summer day. What else can you drink for prostate cancer? Look, I know that some of you are juicing, and I know some of the therapies out there for cancer, some of the alternative therapies that are out there that um, requires a lot of juicing a day, okay? I don't know that juicing helps you with prostate cancer. Honestly, I don't know. The theory is that there are enzymes and nutrients that go right into your bloodstream, and it's true, because these enzymes, when you juice, it leaves out the fiber. So actually, let's break this down a little bit. I think you're going to find this pretty interesting. There's a difference between having a smoothie, let's say in a Vitamix, you just throw all these vegetables in a Vitamix with some water, let's say an apple, and you make a smoothie. That's a difference because that actually still has its fiber. You're kind of chopping, chopping it up into very small pieces. And when you're juicing in a juicer, then that leaves the fiber behind. So it's only the juices and the phytochemicals. So how it's absorbed in your body is different. So juicing, you can get, you, you pretty much absorb the nutrients and phytochemicals, right? These plant chemicals right away. You absorb it right away. So the theory is that when you juice, that these phytochemicals start having anti-cancer properties and activity in your body. I don't know that to be true. And one of my concerns with some of these juicing programs is that there is way too much juicing of sugary vegetables like uh, carrots and beets, right? Carrots, beets, and apples that creates a very sugary drink. So then anytime you eat too much sugar or drink too much sugar, that creates an insulin response that's overwhelming to the body, hyperinsulinemia. So if you are juicing, I think that's okay. I don't know that you need to do it, you know, eight fresh squeezed juices a day. First of all, <laughs> What, what quality of life are you having when you are literally juicing? Because I think that it requires fresh squeezing of the juices each time, right? To keep the enzymes. What quality of life is that? You're spending most of your time in the kitchen and the bathroom because then you're going to have to pee a lot. So I, I have not seen it that it works. I think that juicing is fine, but you don't want to add too many carrots and things. You get energy. Green vegetables primarily, things like celery and cucumbers and bok choy that produce a lot of juice. Um, you could add a little organic spinach and, and things in it, but that's not going to produce that much juice. Um, you know, a half of a green apple, that's a low amount of sugar. Okay. You could do smoothies, do a nice smoothie of, you know, spinach and berries and a little banana. Again, you don't want to make things too sugary. Uh, almond milk. I, sometimes I, you can you talk about smoothies. You can make a nice smoothie with raw cacao chocolate, cacao, raw, 
with some almond butter in it. And if you need to gain weight, because some of you listening are a bit too slim and thin and you don't want to lose more weight, you can add two really big tablespoons of almond butter in it. You can add a banana, got a little honey to make it sweeter because the raw cacao is a little bitter, a lot bitter. Add a little honey. You know, there's one study from uh, some time ago suggesting that honey, and I know honey is a sweetener, but it's not only about whether it's a sweetener or not, whether it's sugar or not, it's what else is in it, right? In the food and the thing you're eating. So honey may have, we know it has antimicrobial properties, right? So when your kid has a sore throat, throw some honey and let it, you know, go down the throat and soothe their throat. It has antimicrobial properties. Honey probably has some anti-cancer properties as well. So you you uh, throw in some almond butter, some raw cacao, which is protective as well, almond milk, a little ice, some honey, and blend it in a, in a uh, Vitamix or something. Excellent. Excellent drink. All right. So juicing might be okay. I don't know. No one really knows. And I know that therapies out there that Say that no juicing is the way to go, and you, you know you need it therapeutically. Eight, ten juices a day. I don't know that if it has these anti-cancer properties like it's touted. It's probably okay, but stay away from so much carrot juice, beet juice, too sugary. Okay. All right. So that's juicing. Alcohol. Alcohol. If you want to prevent prostate cancer or you have prostate cancer, can I have a drink? Can I have a drink during the holidays? Can I have a beer at a 4th of July party? Can I, ha- can I drink alcohol? All right. Here is the bottom line. I want to remind you that we're not just trying to help you with not dying from prostate cancer. I don't know. I don't know. I could be missing something here, but I am trying to help you not die prematurely from anything. So if something is good for prostate cancer, but is not good for another type of cancer, what are we doing? If something is good for cancer, but I don't know, it promotes heart disease and a heart attack, what are we doing? That's not a win, right? So. Understand, I'm looking at at this holistically. I'm looking at this, well, what gives you the most bang for your buck? What will protect you and certainly not contribute to the progression of cancer, prostate cancer, but also to not the development of any other kind of disease that may kill you prematurely, right? So here's the story with alcohol. Number one, understand that first and foremost, that uh, many people have an alcohol problem. And if that's you, if you think you have an alcohol problem, I want you to seek for help. Alcohol is a toxin. doesn't matter where the, where the alcohol comes from, whether it's beer, whether it's wine, whether it's whiskey, tequila. Alcohol is a toxin. I'm not judging you or shaming or all I'm saying is that I've seen this before and alcohol is a problem and it can cause problems in families, okay, and at work, 
because we people use alcohol to kind of escape from their reality, to numb the pain, to get away from their brain. Okay. So if you think you have an alcohol problem, then I want you to get that addressed first and foremost. It doesn't matter about uh, as it relates to prostate cancer, any cancer. Okay. Um, it's, it's a toxin to the brain. Alcohol, it's horrible for sleep. And I know that many people medicate themselves to thinking they're going to sleep better by drinking. But it turns out that it interferes with good quality sleep. And again, we want to make sure we sleep well. All right. All right. That being said, and I'm assuming you don't have an alcohol problem at all, and but every now and then you want to drink. What should you drink, if anything? All right. Here's the deal. The deal is that looking at the bigger picture, alcohol does contribute to many cancers, throat cancer, liver cancer, right? And liver problems. And you need a healthy liver to fight prostate cancer or any cancer, right? So it contributes to many cancers. The studies do suggest that there is a, a, a poison to the dose. In other words, if you don't drink that much, then you shouldn't have a prostate cancer problem. Maybe you don't have a, a cancer problem of, of any kind. The more you drink, the more of a problem you're going to have across the board, particularly with prostate cancer. So there's a higher probability of getting fatal type of prostate cancer with more alcohol that you consume. Now, the amount of alcohol that you need to consume is like three, four drinks a day, every day to get bad prostate cancer. Okay. If that's the case, that goes up, that, that goes back to my original point that you need to look at maybe you have an alcohol problem. If you are a weekend drinker, it shouldn't be a problem as long as you don't have more than one to two drinks maximum. And it does seem that red wine might be a better choice. And there again, red wine has polyphenols, these anti-cancer phytochemicals that seem to have protective abilities against prostate cancer. So it's not the alcohol in the wine, it's the other stuff. So when you look at alcohol, you want to say, all right, we know that the alcohol is not a good thing for, for prostate cancer or any cancer, but is there anything else in that alcoholic beverage that might be might be helpful? So not the case for many of the spirits, uh, whiskey, bourbon. There's nothing else there that can be helpful. Uh, beer, nothing else there that can be helpful. White wine, probably not, though they do come from grapes. Probably red wine. And there's uh, resveratrol in red wine, Pinot Grigio, not Pinot Grigio, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio is, uh, I used to be a bartender. I used to be a bartender back in the day. That's right. I used to serve all sorts of this. Pinot Grigio is white wine. Uh, Pinot Noir probably has the most resveratrol in it um, out of all the red wines. But all the red wines are good. Merlot, Carbonet Sauvignon, uh, Bordeaux, uh, they're they're all good. Okay? Again, so let me be clear. A 
glass of wine, let's say, let's say about five ounces of wine. And that's just a regular wine glass where it's about, you know, about a quarter full, depending on the size of the glass. So it's five ounces, whatever that is, whatever, despite the glass they use, that's a, that's a serving, five ounces of red wine. You can have a couple of those glasses a night, uh, and not a night every night. I wouldn't suggest that, but a couple of glasses, let's say Friday night, Saturday night, not too close to your bedtime because, again, alcohol interferes with quality sleep. So you want to have it a couple of hours before bedtime. Okay. Um, typically, wine is about has about twelve percent alcohol. Um, so yeah, no more than no more than about two glasses. Okay, on the weekends, you know, some people argue. Well, how about a glass? Can I have a glass every night with a meal? That's probably fine. I, that's not a, a, a tremendous amount. And if it's enjoyable and then you enjoy a glass of wine with your friends or your spouse or your partner, great. Great. Go for it. Okay. What else can we talk about? Drinks. We talked about green tea. We talked about wine, smoothies, and juices. Lastly, I guess that I'm going to have to say a no-brainer. You don't want to drink fruit juices of any kind. Apple juice is not apples. The apple is different than the juice. Orange juice. Uh, no fruit juices. No teas. Ar- the, these teas in, in a bottle. None of these Arizona teas and things like that. They all have high fructose corn syrup, snapples. They all, uh, you don't want any of that. It's not good for prostate cancer. It's not good for your health. Okay? So stay away from all these things. Consume the right beverages, and we spoke about them. And look, live your best life despite this disease if you have it. And if you're looking to prevent it, go for it. Go for it. Uh, pre- prevent all cancers, right? Prevent prevent all diseases that lower your risk. Let's all live to 100 plus with great quality, okay? Don't forget drgeo.com. I also have a lot of things written on beverages and things to drink with some recipes that I'm going to put up there, drgeo.com. And again, guys, please help me out. Go and subscribe at whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This is Dr. Geo signing off. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in the world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast 
is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.